I'm Corrine. And I'm Cameron. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to A Conversation, Conversation Between Women. All right. Welcome back to another Conversation Between Women. I'm Cameron, and I'm here with my dear friend, Corrine. And we're here to share with you our spiritual journey, and hopefully you'll glean some wisdom from it, or at least some lessons of what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. What's the lowdown, girl? I I don't um <laughs> I'll tell you what my lowdown is. I'm fat as shit right now, I feel like. I feel literally I feel like I have so much poop in my belly. I'm pretty sure it's a baby. And <laughs> I can't like last night I woke up in the middle of the night with freaking anxiety because I couldn't get a breath because my belly's too big already. And so I had to like do all this moving around and wasn't working. So I went downstairs and I took motherwort tincture and then I ate some food thinking maybe it was some weird thing like I needed to be grounded and then eventually after like two hours I fell asleep but man mm. I didn't have any of that stuff with Walayla my belly was so small the whole time and now I'm like all right <laughs> I get what moms are talking about when they're so fat they can't breathe I have I can't like eat a lot at one time yeah so I have to like nibble all the time because if I eat too much then yeah, I just can't set up. I have to like lay, I'm like a beached whale. I have to like lay down. <laughs> it's weird. Wow. It's like, your, is your um, appetite okay though? Like you're, yeah, I have energy. My appetite is great. Like I've been eating meat again. And um, yeah, I went and socialized the other day. And hey, what? I went and socialized the oh. other day. <laughs> like things are, I feel good. Otherwise, it's just physical discomfort <laughs> at this point. So, which mm. I didn't, I mean, I was so sick with Walela. I really, I've said this before. I didn't really eat hardly anything until like seven months. And so I never really, I didn't get that big. I never really had to, I never had, I slept on my stomach almost the entire time, like with one leg kind of out, but basically on my stomach fully the whole time. <clears throat> and uh yeah that's not happening <laughs> that's not happening right now so oh. try to enjoy it but like yeah I have to go to water a lot like I just take cold baths all the time so that I just float you know oh it's good huh. but I don't know yeah it's a new experience for me and you're like super movie halfway through Ish. Yeah, I'm at the beginning of my fifth month. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah. I'm like, is this what's going to be like? I'm just going to be like miserable the whole time. But yeah, I, this baby moves all the time, always kicking, always moving. It's just, and that's another thing. Well, Layla didn't, she would kick in the mornings and that was it. She didn't move. I still can't hear the heartbeat with the fetoscope. I've heard it with the Doppler when the midwife came one time, but. Um, yeah, so I can hear my placenta. So I think the placenta is up front. So then like the baby pushes the placenta and then it's like this weird alien thing that comes out. It just like my belly, just like, I can see my belly actually stretching out. Like it's really early for that. Like, I feel like I, other women, I know that they experience like the foot pushing out at like eight mm -hmm. months or something where you can like see the feet, but I can like, it's like, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> totally mm. like an alien. I remember I maybe it was like six or seven months. I remember 
my my belly just completely changing shape like being round and then suddenly being oblong sticking out in this weird direction and then yeah. moving again and it was like right across the the top yeah, yeah. it's so weird my mom like mama your belly and your boobs are so fat you have a fat <laughs> baby <laughs> like, yeah, i do oh that is funny because i when i was pregnant i i had this idea that my breasts would get bigger afterwards because then i was going to be full of milk and like my breasts i can't believe how big they were when i was pregnant i look at pictures of myself and <laughs> they're gigantic and they did not stay that big after she was yeah. born yeah, I've had to start wearing like, uh, you know, these kind of like tank top bras or whatever because they're so heavy now mm. that I can't, like having no support is just kind of uncomfortable. And my right boob is always bigger than my left one, but now it's like double the size. So every morning when I'm like stretching or whatever and I look down, it's like hanging way farther <laughs> than the other one. I'm like, okay. So yeah. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Anyway, what's happening with you? Uh, well, I moved recently. Yes. And that was cool. It's been a, it's only been like 10, nine, what's today? Tuesday? It's only been like nine days since I moved. And it's like my old life like doesn't even exist anymore. Awesome. It's so, well, it is, it is so awesome, but it's so interesting. Um, oh man, I just had a, I had a like big, uh eye-opening things happen in my I guess in my meditation this morning around this where um you know I've taught we've talked a lot about anger on this show and this idea that you know it's like a a guide right it's a it's a lamppost of like showing you what's out of alignment or where you need to look and um and I like the first morning that I moved the morning like the first morning I was here in my new place, um, I do a breathing practice every morning. And I went out and sunny and beautiful. And I took the stool and I went and just into the yard and I put my feet in the grass and I sat on the stool and to do my practice. And I had this overwhelming sense of like, here I am, like, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I've just spent all of these years so frustrated and angry and just like fighting against myself i guess and against my life like for what i don't know i mean there's a lot of growth in there but just just real i guess it was just realizing that you know this talk of coming home like that we were all trying to find ourselves like coming home to ourselves that whole idea and coming home to god and um, that really, truly, as everyone says, like, it's, it is always there. We are always here. We just fight against ourselves or resist the circumstances that could show us who, who we are. And and just like, after so many years of like, trying to get back to myself, I sit down and put my feet in the grass and like, here I am. This is who I am. And it's just all the other stuff just like cease to exist. I mean, I still have my things. I'm totally dealing with stuff, but um, really just a profound change of life experience in the last nine days that um, 
I can't even begin to like work my mind around, but that's part of the point because the thing I realized this morning in my meditation is that the space that I'm in right now is just so it's flowing so much. There's so much ease and organic movement of one thing to the next. And um, that, you know, I was thinking about in Joe Dispenza terms where the analytical mind is what gets you kind of like out of the present moment and out of that experience and, and how that's the difference is that I'm not, I am thinking about things, but I'm seeing so much more how this planning analytical experience is, um, doesn't, isn't necessarily harmonious with like the flow of my life that I'm experiencing right now that I really enjoy and seeing how like Eckhart Tolle talks about um, using the concept of time, like only on a need as needed basis and otherwise just be here. Like if you're, if you know you need to be somewhere in 20 minutes, then like deal with it in that chunk of reality, but otherwise just like forget time exists. Don't go into the past. Don't go into the future. Just be here. And um, I'm in this like blessed experience right now where I have more awareness of that, much more able to just be in stillness and presence with what I'm experiencing and um, not be stressed about time, just have the awareness of it, but not be obsessed with it. And I think one of the big pieces um, that has made that possible that it shifted is that I feel a massive amount of support in my current life experience that I have not felt in the last six, seven, maybe eight years, seven years. And um, that sense of like, I'm not alone in this. I'm not 100% solely responsible for all parts of my life experience. I don't have to micromanage every single thing. It just makes this incredible world of difference so that I can actually relax into presence because I know that I'm held and I'm held by the great mother. I'm held by source. I'm held in that way. And then I'm also held by friends and community and connections. And then I'm held in my living space now. And it's just in all these different ways, just feeling like I can relax because I don't have to hold everything all by myself. It's like safety. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So the, <clears throat> the coming home, like feeling like, oh, here I am, like I'm home here or whatever, like in yourself. Do you think that that is because you're now in like a nature setting, you're in an environment that's more in alignment with like what you've been wanting to be in over the years? Or is it just the whole, like, I mean, yeah, like what is that? The I think it's a lot of things. Um, I was thinking when I was pregnant and I, I got a massage when I was pregnant and the, with, by this woman who was a um, too intuitive, psychic, whatever body, she, you know, she'd like read your body as she was massaging you. Uh-oh. Are we there? Yeah, I'm here. We had a, I don't know, you froze on my screen. Oh. Um, my internet connection is unstable, so we'll see. Um, so anyway, I, yeah, she, she, I did got this massage from this woman who could read your energy on your body and, and like psychically, you know, see your timeline and stuff like that. And for the most part, I really don't appreciate a lot of things that she shared, but there were a couple of things that stuck with me that, um, were perhaps helpful. And one of them was that I need 
people and place. And I was thinking about this morning. I was like, I don't know if anybody doesn't need the right people in the right place, but, but I guess that was something that stuck out in my energy. Like that it was really important that I had this right kind of community and that I was in the right kind of place. And um, so I was thinking about that this morning and it's like, of course, like I'm finally in the place and I'm finally with the people and God, what a world of difference that makes, because I know for me, one, one isn't enough. So yeah, it is the, it is being in a more rural place. Um, I mean, everywhere I drive, God, there's like not a bad drive around here. I leave my house. I mean, even when I was living the other place I was living, but here, especially I leave my house in any direction I go is gorgeous. Mm. Just, it's just rolling hills, hay fields, you know, with the big balled up rolls of hay and farmhouses and just these gorgeous trees everywhere and rivers and lakes and you know mountains views and it's just it's I just love this place so much and and it doesn't matter I mean everywhere I go takes 30 minutes or more you know I drove like three hours yesterday like 30 minutes an hour back you know just all over the place and it's like whatever it's just so nice um so there's that but then having this community of people where it feels like we support each other and like, Oh, you have kids and maybe you want to go do something here. Let me help you. Like, I I just have, I have a friend who she's really, she's really, I feel so blessed to have met this person because she's so in so many ways, I feel like she's showing me, she's modeling things for me that I haven't experienced, but that I've like really been wanting in my life, but not really knew. I didn't really know how to make it happen. Mm. And she's just sort of come into my life and it's like, here, this is how it's just ease. You just do it, you know? And maybe that isn't her personal experience of it, but the way it, it, it is for me because of like the burden that it has lifted off my life is so profound in just seeing like you have kids, I have kids or, okay, you know, and that people have kids and, we can all interact with each other's kids and support them and support you. And we can all like recognize that we're all sharing these responsibilities and, um, and just like being in a community like that is just mind blowing. It's like, you know, I spent like a good solid year traveling all over the the United States, like trying to find community, like, you know, an intentional community. I just lived in one and, you know, and it's like, this is, this is, this experience, at least the way it's experienced right now is, is the difference. It's, it's hard to explain, but. Are the people there, um, are the people around you right now, like your age, are they older or younger or are they mostly your age? Um, it's a mix. It's mostly, it's mostly people in like young kid parent age range, which is actually quite a, quite a range like yeah you know 20s to 50s um so I'm well I'm yeah. kind of curious because you know I did this whole intentional community thing for years throughout my late 20s and early 30s and um I came across uh disharmony and unhealth in a lot of the situations and came and Sam and I both came my partner Sam and I came to the um conclusion that like we can't build a community with 
anybody that we're around. So we're going to have to just do the land thing ourselves. And then, you know, if you build it, they will come like the right people will come because there was just so much unhealth, like, you know, people, like I remember um, one of my friends who's, who's lived in an intentional community since the eighties um, in Southeastern Oklahoma. And it's, you know, it started out with a lot of families and now there's uh, four owners and four people who live there and they don't get along. It's like, they've just decided to separate the property and this is your area and this is mine. And, um, we don't have meetings anymore and whatever, you know? So even there's a lot of disharmony, but she met with one of our friends who's like, I want to create this intentional community, but what do you do if somebody's a drunk and you don't want them to be there? And my friend who happens to be a drunk <laughs> was like, um, well, you don't do anything. Like that's, part of your community like you don't just kick people out because they don't live the way you want to live or whatever you know and and I mean that really is like that's that is a way to have community like you don't because somebody has a mental illness or something you don't just throw them to the curb I mean you can but it's kind of shitty but um so anyway there was a lot of this stuff like well I don't really agree with what you say so we have beef and now we're not friends but all of our friends are friends it's just a lot of weird stuff and you know, Sam and I were just like, well, we're just going to, the only ones that we, only communities we saw that worked were family-based where there was a family or families at the core. Typically it was one family and then everybody kind of surrounded that family and they would bring other families in or whatever, but it was like one family's land. And so the only way that we saw it worked, and, it, and that makes sense because there's like a core common belief, like we want a good life for our kids. That's like a basic common belief. And other ones that we saw that were kind of working were like religious where everybody was on the same page or whatever. And yeah. um, so we were like, okay, well, that's what we want to do is have like family at the center of any community that we do. And so now we've been here in Ohio for four years, not really having any community. It's been really isolating in a lot of ways. Um, and I have kind of gotten to the point where I was just like, that's just how it is right now. And I'm open to this changing. I want it to change, but also like, I'm not, um, I'm okay with developing and honing my, my magical skills right now on my own without having, you know, I have, I have community. They're just all over the world. <clears throat> so now what's happened for us is this winter, it was like late winter, this guy showed up at our house with his tractor and he was like a young guy covered in tattoos, like very friendly. He was looking for our neighbors, the Amish neighbors. So he showed up and thought that we were them. And so Sam got to talking to him and in this like 10 minute conversation, this guy was like, Oh, if you need anything done on your farm, I've got this tractor. I can help you out. Like you want me to come turn your compost pile? And Sam's like, yeah, you can come turn it tomorrow. And he's like, okay, I'll be here. So he shows up the next day with his whole family He's got um, three boys and a little baby girl and his wife. They show up. They live a mile from us, like literally just over this hill. Like they can see our barn from their property. And so they've been really like, I've been really sick. So we haven't been able to hang out with them a lot. But he keeps coming over and working with Sam to do farm projects. And we bought pigs with them and they're raising the pigs for us. And then like Sam's going to help slaughter and all this stuff. And 
So it's like this thing is happening, right? Like, oh, and, and so then they have young farmer friends, like they've only been here a year, but they already know like all these neighbors that we don't know, all of our neighbors directly around us are older or they're Amish, you know, and um, our Amish neighbors help us a lot, but the older neighbors, you know, they're like, I'm retired. You can borrow my tractor, but I'm not helping you with anything. Um, and they all just kind of keep to themselves or whatever, unless there's, unless you need something, then they're willing to help you or whatever. But they definitely don't go out of their way to help you. So the other day they had a, a chicken slaughter. And so they had a hundred chickens and they were like, we're going to have a party. All these people are going to come over. We're going to slaughter all these chickens. You all come over. So we went over there and it was great. It's like all these people, all these kids. And it's like these people who live on this road next to them that are like young farmers. And they're not, it's interesting because they're not necessarily people that are like vibrating at the same frequency as me, but they're, um, so, you know, I don't know, I don't know what the deepest connection is going to be, but at least this one family, like I can see how like we're going to be farming together and doing stuff because they realize we can't like do this on our own. And this is where my partner's at is like this year, I'm pretty much out of commission and probably next year too, because of the baby. And so he's like doing all this stuff by himself and is just like, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like I can't farm anymore. I can't do this like this. And so then they come in and it's like, it's just this shift of energy and I can feel this community coming. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, I know that I'm going to meet them and then we're going to like meet other people through each other. And it's going to be this great thing. And we're all right here. And yeah, so I'm just wondering, and they're like our age. So I'm like wondering if the people who I was trying to do this with before, now we've all matured and we've all like figured out our own system. And so now we can come together in this different kind of community where it's not like, like, I don't want to live with people. I, mm -hmm. Sam doesn't want to live with people like, you know, like maybe people on our property, but not like in the same house. It just doesn't work. And um, so this is great. They're like right down the road and yeah, I don't know. So I'm just wondering if everybody is like maturing and like ready for this real experience of like this neighborly community um, or just this community or like, or whatever, like your idea of community might be different than mine. Like whatever that is though. Like, I wonder if everybody's maturing enough to actually get, or maybe it's just all this planetary stuff, like the, where we're at, where it's like, now is the time. Mm. And before we kind of had to go into our stuff and like figure out what we really wanted or whatever, but it's really great. And so I'm excited that that's happening for you and it's happening for me. And I'm like, yeah, it's happening. <laughs> well, and what you're saying too, I mean, that's a, about how it's happening. That's, that's a really important distinction in my experience too, that like the intentional community shared living space isn't, necessarily the end-all be-all or the only only way I mean clearly it's not the only way but um, there are some distinctions that have appeared in my you know from my move that have really um, highlighted what what feels like community community to me and what meets that need for community um, and part of it is I am living in a house with other people I'm living in somebody else's house right now and um basically all adults and um that experience in and of itself is just phenomenal <laughs> like and and i mean the reason that i'm able to live here is because there is um you know shared um 
value shared perspective, you know, so there's, there's a harmonious way of being here together. And then, yes, like you're saying, like, you know, the, well, I guess you didn't say it explicitly, but communication. So, you know, but in this maturing of like, we know how we operate, we know what we need. And so do, you know, these people and, and then being able to speak that to each other and being able to um, just have like clear, clear communication and clear understanding. Um, and then I also have this budding community that I don't live with. And I mean, there is some close proximity, but there's also people, I mean, it's also kind of the way it is here. Like everything is spread out, but it's all these like, you know, beautiful 30 minute drives. So it's, it's like, yeah, then maybe it's kind of far, but so what? Um, and so I feel like in some senses, maybe people are more willing to drive further distances to get that community. Cause it's not like you have to drive across town to a city. Um, but that facilitates gathering of people from different areas and, um, and a shared, uh, experience in that way. Um, so I guess for me, it's, it's helping me to understand that like living alone creates the sense of I have to do it all myself. Even if I have connection and support elsewhere, I still feel very much like it's all on me to get out the door to get to that community and that the community isn't immediately accessible. And so then living in like immediate proximity to some people, but then not having that be my entire world and my entire community so that it all doesn't fall on that. You know, it's like, yeah, like a distribution of what me needs get met where and, um, yeah, I don't know. I just am so blessed to be in my current living <laughs> situation and experience um, that I, <laughs> I don't have the words. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. About time. <laughs> oh, God. No kidding. And one of the other things that came up this morning in my meditation was um, related to that idea of, of, you know, that we have it within us all, all along um that it was about light and darkness but it was this feeling of i've like i've spent the last i don't know since 2013 i've i feel like i have been consciously in some ways um like holding a torch in pitch blackness and like like I know there's a light here and I'm going to hold this torch and I'm going to do everything I can to keep it burning. But like this blackness is super oppressive and I don't like, I feel completely isolated and alone in, in like holding this torch, you know? And, and then it's, it's been this mega battle inside of me to believe that like, I should even bother keeping this torch lit. And, you know, like if blackness is just what it is, then like, WTF, like let it burn out, you know? And, um, and I, I guess in the awareness that I had was that the, it wasn't even about like my torch becomes so bright that it takes over. It's like, no, that, that actually the blackness doesn't exist. And I've just had this sense that like, it's, 
like I'm the lone wolf here. It's me holding the torch against, up against everything. And I'm up against everything. And then I, then it's like, I just stepped into the light. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't even have to do that anymore. And I never had to, because it was always, you know, like the light is actually everywhere all around me all the time. I was just like, I just went into the closet and closed the door. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what Yogananda says. He says like, the, the darkness is Maya, right? This is delusion. Like it doesn't actually exist. All there actually is, is light everywhere. And that's God. Like it's just the light of God everywhere, all over, all the time. And you're just blind. So you can't see it. So all you have to do is like, open your eyes, <laughs> just like yeah. open up. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Feels good to yeah. open up. I've been having, I've been having this realization lately of just feeling really well sam's mowing the lawn outside so you're going to hear that <laughs> you're the lawnmower probably but um anyway i've been having this realization i've been going for walks in the mornings and um i i walk down not very far just down the road there's this little cemetery and it's a really old cemetery like the graves are like from the 17 and 1800s you know and i i love cemeteries they're like so some of my favorite places in the world <laughs> they're just always really peaceful and uh so I go and sit there and there's a great view. And I've just been having this realization when I've been doing that, that of just really appreciating my life and um, just the level of comfort that I'm getting to in myself. And like all of these great things are happening for us. And they've been happening for me, but my partner's been kind of lagging behind because he's really been like a lot of stuff fell apart for us last year and I just like let it go. I was like, whatever. Um, but he's kind of been fighting that and like trying to hold on to it out of fear, mostly financial fear or whatever. But um, now he's getting to this point where he's like yesterday, he just told me, I think that I'm going to take the year off from farming next year and we're just going to buy all the produce from our neighbor and we'll just sell it. And um, that's what we'll do. And I'm going to take the year off and re re like because what's happening on the farm is not working like it's not working it's not sustainable for us and you know it's like we're at the point where are we gonna buy a tractor but it's like the tractor is not sustainable either so now and i've been wanting to get a horse so we've been talking about getting a working horse just like a single plow and using a horse and so there's just all these ideas happening and he's finally like getting to this point of being like, yeah, I'm just going to give this up and do something different. And it's okay if we just take a year off and don't grow anything and just buy it. And because we're going to make the same amount of money is what we realized. He's like, it's kind of silly for us to be paying for labor and then paying for these other people's labor when they are growing better than us and growing the same stuff that we're growing. And they're already growing part of our, part of what we sell for wholesale and stuff anyway. So yeah, it's just this great conversation. And so th there's all this stuff happening of like, yeah, we can actually relax into this life and it doesn't have to be a struggle all the time. Like it has been for the last few years. Cause we started farming when, right. When we had a two week old baby, you know, and it's just been crazy every since there's just so much work and it's just really been the two of us and our Amish neighbors that we hire once or twice a week. And it's like pretty intense. And so, you know, now we're realizing like, oh, we actually just need to enjoy this life that we have and work on some other projects. So like one of the things we're working on is building a guest house outside and um, like a guest cabin. 
and then a studio space for me attached to it and then fixing up the barn so that we could get the horses and um, just all of the stuff. And so there's just this new inspiration coming in. And I think it's a lot of stuff, but I think part of it has to do with this knowing other farmers who are doing the same thing. And they're like, yeah, we're just trying to do this, like, and make all this stuff happen. So let's help each other. And, um, and then part of it also is just like timing and maturing and just letting go <laughs> of a lot of ideals that we have had. And um, also just really getting when we started doing this, it was like, there's been a lot of stuff from day one that I've not been in alignment with. And it was told to me by Sam, like, this is how, this is the entry point. This is where we're going to enter. And then we're going to get to the place that is in alignment with us. And I kind of thought that was BS from the beginning. And I, I argue about it all the time, but um, I've kind of, you know, I've just kind of gone along with it up to a certain point, but then there has been things where I'm just like, I'm just not going to do that. So if you're going to do that, you're going to do that on your own because that's just not in alignment with what I want to be doing. And so now there's more of a, a unification of one, our visions, and then two, realizing that, yeah, all the stuff that's not in alignment for us fell away last year, right? Like it all fell away. And that was such a blessing. And, um, so now everything that is in alignment with us is showing up and like I can see so much potential for things happening. Like one of the things is I don't want to be connected to the power grid. So, you know, when we moved to this house, it's got like electric, everything's electric and we heat with wood. And um, that was like a big issue for me, but I always just had it in my mind. Well, it's all electric already. So it'd be easy just to like go to solar or wind or something like that. Just like, connect to that <clears throat> I never thought it would act, like would be able to happen but now we're at the point where I'm like that could like maybe happen in the next year or two like that we start doing that process like this this cabin that we're building it's going to be off grid completely and so it's like I can see the stuff is happening and it's going to become more and more of our dream life all the time and like we've got these orchard trees that are growing and um, we're planting more trees all the time and yeah it's just nice to see the evolution of our dream actually becoming like our dream instead of the way that you have to do this is you have to get a loan and you have to buy a house and all this stuff, which was all stuff that I was not okay with, but I went along with and yeah, like, I don't know. It's just interesting and it's fun. And I'm starting to get to the point where I'm feeling content, which is only, this is like only the second time in my life I've ever felt contentment on any level. <laughs> and so that feels good and everything is moving to right relationship and it's all unfolding. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of my work with this baby has been letting go of everything because I've just gotten so many powerful messages that like this kid is not going to be anything. It's going to be like basically a superhero. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's just kind of interesting. I did this, uh, I did this reading the other day with this woman and I don't really know anything about this stuff. So I, I'm not going to try to even go into too much detail, but basically it's like a sacred geometry reading. And so you choose a shape, like a crystal shape or whatever. And then they, about the baby and, and her thing, her messages or whatever, her connection to source has told her that from the year 2020 to 2029, there's going to be these three waves of these, 
uh, I don't know, higher frequency beings, like babies coming in. And I mean, I think this has been happening for a long time, but this is like a new wave of like a jumping another frequency of these babies that are coming in. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll get this reading and see what's up. And because I keep hearing that from so many people and I can see that and the kids around, I'm like, well, this kid's like totally magical. And um, so I chose this shape as a dodecahedron. And she's like reading all this stuff about this, this stuff, you know, pulling all these tarot cards and doing this whole reading on it. And it was just like, you know, this baby is basically just like a powerhouse. And so I'm, and and one of the things that she said is what my teacher has been telling me the whole time is like, you're not going to be able to communicate with this baby unless you let go of like every belief that you have and like, let go of like everything that you think that you know, and just like, go with whatever's happening and I can feel that in myself like you know I was already getting there with my teacher and with all these health things that I've been having as soon as I decided to start letting go and like my work every day has been like with my breath is just like letting go of stuff and then things started shifting and so to hear that from this other source who's totally unrelated was really cool and you know also pretty terrifying because I'm pretty controlling in a lot of ways and, uh, but I'm also so ready. I'm so ready to just let it go. I'm so ready to be done with the way that my mind works. I'm so ready to be done with the belief systems that I've been indoctrinated into. And I'm tired of like fighting to get them out, like weeding. And it's the same thing with our garden out here. Like in year one, I told Sam, I was like, I will not weed. I'm not weeding. This is ridiculous. I'm not weeding any of this stuff. It's too much work. And now this year he's like, the weeds are out of control. You haven't even been out there. You don't even know, but you need to go out there and look like, I mean, the Amish girls, bless them. They're out there just like ripping these weeds out for us. And, but it's, it's like the same thing in a spiritual sense. Like there's, I'm just done pulling the weeds. Like I'm just going to start over over here with this whole other system and um, let that be taught to me by this, um, super baby that's coming in <laughs> and just, yeah, I'm just done with it. Like, I, yeah, I had, I am like, even just like functioning, like even the thought, like I'm mostly, I'm can be pretty rude a lot of times, or I can just be like, say whatever I want and feel fine with it. But there's always like this voice in the back of my head. That's like, well, maybe that wasn't so nice or like, could you have said that a different way? And so I had this experience uh, like yesterday or the day before where somebody was, somebody in my close proximity was like getting all up in my business about, are you taking prenatal vitamins? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And I was just like feeling really oppressed by it. And so I find, I just responded back. I was like, my health situation is none of your business and you need to butt out. And I was like, that's exactly what I wanted to say. And afterwards I was like, I still wanted to say that. I don't feel bad about it at all. And like, I kept thinking about it. Like, should I feel bad? I don't feel bad at all that I said that. Like, I don't care if they took it as me being rude. Like they need to butt out. That is the deal. And the response that I got back was like, okay. Like, okay. <laughs> so I was like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I just, I don't know. There's just so many things that I feel coming to uh, resolution maybe or coming full circle or becoming whole again, or I don't know what it is. Veils being lifted, whatever, all kinds of good stuff. <laughs> well, the, all, everything that you're saying kind of just is taking me 
into the torch analogy that I made earlier, just in that, um, like the controlling part of us is the darkness, right? It's the blackness around the torch. Like everything that we do that is not surrendered, you could say, is the blackness around us. Yeah, it's right? all fear of the unknown. The darkness is just the unknown. Right. And so we're like, I want to know. I have to know everything. <laughs> yeah. And so every time that we just are willing to just be with what is, that tension can just subside and more light can shine or more peace and ease can flow through. And, um, yeah. One thing, hearing your storyline, your timeline of, of your progression and where you are right now, it's, it's touching on something that I have been, well, I've been trying not to grapple with it because I don't want to go all analytical mind on this situation. But um, what I, what I see in myself is this habitual pattern of like arriving at a point of less suffering because some new situation presents itself or I get a new book that is the answer that I'd been looking for for years or, you know, something like that. And my immediate knee jerk first response is, oh, I could have saved myself years of suffering if I had just followed through on this three years ago instead of just doing it now, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and and it's just pointless first of all <laughs> but realize I, I just realize or i'm i guess the the process that i'm in right now is is working very much on presence and the awareness that all of that mind muck is what can perpetuated the suffering for all those years and it's not and i don't want to bring that forward with me and so every time that something comes in that is a potential for a forward shift in the direction that I want to go, um, having like this conversation with myself about like, just be with this as it is right now. And it's this place of having to accept everything as it is, which means if you're going to accept everything as it is right now, you have to accept everything as it was um, because it's not separate. And um, and understanding like this idea of right timing and right, you know, that everything is perfect exactly as it is. And the timing is exactly as it should be. And like, I can, you know, logic my way into things and say, well, okay, I can see how I can see who I am now and where I am now. And if I weren't exactly who I am and where I am right now, um, I wouldn't be in alignment with these current experiences because, well, I wouldn't be, I would be a different resonance that would be out of resonance with this, the resonance of this experience. Um, and, and so I like understand that conceptually, but then there's that part that's like, yes, but blah, 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 blah. Couldn't it have, you know, and it's just, it's this ridiculous like story looping thing. Um, that I get into and, and I think, I think the reason, the reason I get into it is because it's like the same thing that I struggle with, with astrology. 
which has really been coming up lately, this idea of, well, is it the stars? And as, am I just like tied to them and will always be pulled along at their pace and their way at their time? Or am I, could I, like, could I have had a different birth experience with my kid and completely change the whole timeline? And I think it's both, which is the thing that kind of sucks in terms of dealing with like a power struggle in my, in my brain. Um, but the, the only place through it that makes any sense in terms of finding peace is that we are co-creators. And so that we are always a choice and we're co-creating this experience and in co-creating it, we are not at necessarily at the effect of, but that we are, we're part of something that is way bigger than us. And we have the co-creative ability to choose what we connect with in that bigger picture, I guess. So like I could, you know, the, the most beneficial way I think to use this sort of um, mind game that I play with myself is to look at it and say, I'm super happy with where I am right now. I'm like in love with every part of my life experience right now, which God, I can't reflect. I, I think I remember the last time that happened and it was like in 2013. <laughs> so, you know, this is awesome. And I had a pretty shitty five years in there and, um, and I worked my ass off to no longer have shitty years. And I know there'll be challenges ahead, but you know, like I have been working so much and I got myself to a place where I created a certain resonance in my field that was able to draw in the resonance of the experiences that I'm currently having. And I could have just sat on my ass for those five years and just been like, this is it. This is my life. I'm going to suffer forever, which Take me now. <laughs> I definitely had a lot of those moments. But I guess I've just really been, I've been trying to come to terms with, you know, who I feel I am now, because I feel so like, you know, I put my feet in the grass. I'm like, oh, here I am. You know, that awareness of here I am, like, I didn't have to do, I had to do so much, but I didn't have to do anything to be who I am, who I feel like at peace inside myself with. Um, and, um, you know, that I like, I lost my train of thought around that. <laughs> well, I think what, what it makes me think of is, I think that this is what I see similarly for both of us. And I, I wonder how many people who are listening are experience, experiencing this too. But so when I started working with my teacher, Donna Maria, you know, her whole thing was like, don't focus on the stuff you don't want. Like if, if there's a pile of dog shit, you don't look at the pile of dog shit. You walk on by and you look over here. And so that's a lot of the work I've been doing with her. And, you know, I was telling her about this getting, getting upset with like my mom or somebody and um, just like, why am I just getting so tangled up in this? Like, I know my mother's never going to change. Why am I getting so tangled up in this? And she's like, because you're in her pool. She's got mm -hmm. her pool of her frequency and you're in her pool trying to fight out a corner of the pool and being like, stay away from my corner. She's like, you need to get the fuck out of the pool and get your own pool and create your own pool of like carry your pool around with you. And like what I'm, 
what I feel like is happening for me is that for the first time I'm actually like, I was like, how do I do that? How do I do that? How do I do that? And it's just like repetition, right? Like you just have to keep going towards what you want. And so now I feel like that I am at this point and I think it sounds like you're at this point where finally, like we put out this frequency, held this torch for so long and now we're being reflected back to, as promised, we're being reflected back to the things that we, the things, the life, the feelings, whatever that we have been wanting and the frequency that we've been trying to hold on our own. And so then what I surmise is going to happen is that as you, and it sounds like this is kind of happening with you, that like as we now pull in, are able to pull in the stuff that's vibrating at the frequency we want to move into, whether this be relationships or whatever, then it's easier to hold the frequency because now we're not the only ones holding the frequency. We're not holding the torch in the dark by ourselves. Now it's like, like what you're saying, like now we're in the light, like now we're in the flow, like we've jumped into the current, like we're in there. And so like the current just pushes you. And yeah, I definitely can see how that's unfolding for me where I'm like, oh, so that's how you, and so, you know, with my partner, he's not quite there yet. He's still kind of hanging on to this, the political stuff or whatever. And like, if nothing else, what I learned last year is that it's all a fucking joke. Like all the political stuff, all the stuff that anything you see out there is a total and complete joke. Like, how can I take any of it seriously? All I can do is laugh about it because it's so ridiculous. And so I don't even pay attention to anything that's going on because it has no impact on my life. I don't care if a certain law gets made, like I'm not gonna follow it if I don't want to. I've never followed the, the rules, no matter what. Like, you know, I don't, people will probably judge me cause I'm gonna say this, but I'm not a seatbelt wearer because it's uncomfortable to wear my seatbelt. I made my daughter wear her seatbelt, but I don't wear my freaking seatbelt and I don't care. And people bitch at me about it all the time. I'm like, I don't care, it's my life. And I wanna be comfortable in the car and it hurts my uterus. So I'm not wearing the seatbelt and you know, so there's just like all these little things like that where the things you're supposed to do, you know, I just never do them. And so I'm like, nothing's going to change for me. I'm just never, I'm just always going to use my own judgment to live my life. Not, you know, what somebody else tells me is the way, the rule, the law of how things should be. Um, like that just doesn't ever work for me. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that, I think that this is all just unfolding perfectly. <laughs> So what you're saying is making me, I was thinking about this earlier, something that you said at the beginning of everything last year, where we were talking about, you know, how people were freaking out because everything, like their whole life was crumbling. Um, and we were talking about how we just like weren't really feeling any of it. And um, I was like, yeah, I just I, like nothing has changed. Like I'm living my life the exact same way. You know, nothing really feels different. Um, and you, your response was, um, well, that just is related to like how much of a like bubble or a buffer you've put around yourself or you've created in your life. And um, like, there's a lot of different responses to the world situation where I live, but um, there's this feeling here of, just um like there's a massive a massive buffer and we have like such an opportunity to create that here because 
there's just like an abundant direct direct access to food and other things and natural spaces and you know all all the kind of basic elements of life um and then there's a ton of people who are like-minded in if only in like supporting themselves and um caring about food and stuff like that so um in terms of like what you're saying about you know everything being just like a whole game and stuff that i'm i'm having more and more of this lived experience of um nothing I, even as a kid with politics i never had any interest in them and never like never had any interest at all and it felt like it had nothing to do with me and my life um and i mean i guess it didn't in, in the way that it didn't but um i was still more like of the world of that kind of world and now it's just maybe coming full circle but i i have these moments where i like forget that the world exists in a way like i forget that like any of that exists because it's so completely irrelevant um to my life and i mean that that feels really nice and i i mean i guess you could hear that and say like well that's a really privileged existence which yeah i mean maybe it is well, i could i, I could it, no you have issues yeah. with that privilege <laughs> well the Just, thing is is that you've created that you've created well, i have adult life I have. And, and I also recognize that there are just, there are different realities yeah. that exist and people are born into different realities. And some of those are, it's much harder to extract yourself. So I get that. Um, and it's also like, a, I don't know. It's just, it's like, it, you know, it could be seen that way. And at the same time, it's it because it has nothing. It's like it has nothing to do with anything. I just I remember being in high school and people, you know, everybody's talking like, "What are you going to do? Where are you going to go to college? What are you going to do after you graduate? You know, who do you want to be? What do you what do you want to be when you grow up?" And and I, my response, I was just so set on like, I just why do I have to do anything? I don't understand this. Like, I have to yeah. go do something. Like, I want to buy a little cabin in the Highlands of Scotland and like write poetry or you know maybe be a teacher and like walk down to my little country schoolhouse or something. it was just like some funny idea i had but th but it was based on this idea of like i just want to live my life like why do i have to do anything because you're telling me that i have to do something yeah and so that idea of like i just want to live my life has, has always been there and i'm in this place here that that seems to be so supported um and i feel like probably you know the events of the last year have really shifted that shifted things for a lot of people towards that like i feel like a lot more people are like dude i just want to do what i want to do i just want to live my life i want to be free and that manifests in different ways for different people obviously um but for me that means like just doing i don't know doing things in the way that feels like resonance and um there's no resonance with me attaching to this i you know the storyline or this idea of there being something outside of this like this is my <laughs> it feels like this is my entire world you know like i know that there's a world out there and like things are happening and people are deciding things for large groups of people and all that but um 
Yeah, it's funny, you know, and trying to hold both of those things at the same time too, like recognizing it's a both and it's not a, you know, this or, and, um, and that, yeah, there's a, so I don't know if anybody has seen the movie Ever After um, with Drew Barrymore, it's like a Cinderella story. And well, <laughs> I'm going to quote it. <laughs> <laughs> there's a scene so it's you know that's like 1500s and it's the original you know quote-unquote true story of Cinderella and the there's this moment where the prince is he's like learning so much from the Cinderella character and and he felt like what he says to her is I used to feel like if I cared about anything I had to care about everything and I would go stark raving mad but you know, then he found his purpose. And I think that concept, like an all, this all or nothing thing, like that, that quote has just stuck with me because it, it points to my way. I mean, it's sort of a black and white thinking way, but it points to my default way of relating to things where like I either have to be completely, you know, if I'm gonna be, live this kind of life or be this kind of person, I have to check off every single box on that list and, and do all those things because if I don't, then like, what's the point, you know? If I do something that is in any way contradictory to that vision or that person or that lifestyle, then like, I'm a fake or I'm not, you know, it's not, it's not um, what it's supposed to be or whatever. And I think a lot of people get stuck in that. Um, and that's polarity. Like everything's been polarized. Like these people are good. These people are bad. These people should, you know, are doing this thing. These people are doing that thing and there's no overlapping. And, um, and just seeing like how that operates on the macrocosm and how that operates on the microcosm. And like in so many ways, you know, in terms of like all the masking stuff, lifting mask mandates and who is a masker, who's not you know, vaccine, all, like all that stuff. I've just had a really big change. Well, I don't know. I mean, I haven't, I guess I've been kind of, I've been clear in how I've felt about things, which has lended me to be more extreme with, with my with my boundaries, I guess, just because I really didn't want to even dip my toe into some of the stuff on the other side. Um, but in the last like two, three weeks, I've had a series of experiences in relationships with people where um, I just got really clear that I am not, I mean, I say this, I'm sure there's, I got some big blind spots on this. There's probably something behind me that I haven't seen yet that will, you know, trigger a new wave of this, but just that I'm like, I'm not interested in living out that polarity because it sucks because I like, I really want relationships and, and then probably, I mean, there've been a series of, there, there've been various reasons why this has um, become more apparent to me recently and like triggered stronger heart feelings around having like good relationships with people and relationships based on love versus versus ideas or like shared ideals about things. Um, but just realizing that if I'm, I, 
I don't, I don't want to create walls. I don't want to create boundaries that are like blocking out people because of their choices. And I may have, I may have, I mean, so my daughter's in camp this week and I, it's like, there's a, there's a park as part of this school. And so this camp that she's in is like this awesome nature based, like totally amazing thing where they're like in the woods the whole day. But then it, it appears that the school, like there's also a camp happening there. And I dropped her off and then I dropped, I was like, oh, there's a camp happening there. Look at those kids. Look at those kids. Look at where they're going to be. Look at where they're going to be. And I was like, hands down, like, man, I don't want to be anything. I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. And there's like, okay, whatever. That's the world they live in. That's what their families do. And that's fine. But just an awareness of like, I don't want to be there. I don't want anything to do with that. And um, so just the, you know, the difference of, of uh, discernment versus judgment and walls um, and just seeing how, like I could feel, for instance, anxiety around, or be, like have an awareness, like, you know, there's thousands of people around who got vaccinated and maybe they're shedding all over everything and who knows. And like, I could freak out about that and I could avoid all people who've gotten vaccinated and like create walls and separate and all that stuff. Or you'd be like, whatever, you gave me a hug and I'm fine. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I care about you. We have a relationship and, um, and I'm like, gonna go to the farmer's market and know that probably 95% of the people there got their vaccine, you know, and, or whatever, got the shot and, and I'll be fine because I'm choosing to be fine. And I don't want to yeah. like put myself in a box because I totally imprisoned myself for the last year up until like a month ago. Yeah. Or a couple months ago. Yeah. I can, I'm there with you. I, you know, I talk a lot about walking the middle path. And for me, this is like part of what it is because it's like in this world of polarity, black and white and all this stuff, it's like in the middle, there's so much room. It feels so spacious to me to feel like I can just weave in and out of wherever yeah. everybody's at, you know? And the truth is, is like, I've had tons of eye-opening experiences as well around this whole thing this last year. And I also had the resistance of like, oh my God, I don't want to be, da, 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 and I don't want to be around these kind of people or whatever, or they're all lost their fucking minds, whatever. But some, a couple of things happened that really, really cemented things in shifting out of any of that, <laughs> either of the poles. Um, and one of them was that I went to this meeting and it was all these business owners here in the state, around the state, and they are all business owners and people who are supporting these business owners. And um, their whole thing is like anti-mask, anti-vaccine, or just not not really anti-vaccine, but freedom of choice or whatever around health stuff. And um, but definitely anti-mask. And um, I went to this meeting looking for camaraderie because I was feeling really isolated last year. And what I, when I went to this meeting, it was like, what I experienced was that the majority of, first of all, the, the majority of the people who were there, uh, I think at least all of them, I mean, it was very vocal that they were all Christians, right? And I don't have any problem with that. I'm not a Christian, 
Um, but they were Christian. And um, so there was this, you know, specific way of interacting with God that's just not my way. And so I was aware of that. And I was like, okay, well, here's something that kind of sets us apart. Okay. And then the other thing that was obvious is like, these are people who are typical business owners, not in the way that Sam and I are business owners, where we're like young, tattooed, whatever, like radical people or whatever. But these are like, what you think of when you think of a business owner in town is like a mature adult, like, you know, wears a certain kind of clothes, like suits and stuff, you know, whatever, like these kind of people that were very normal. They're normies. We'll call them normies. Okay. Just like really normal, like straight laced, like, you know, typical people or whatever. And I was like, okay, these are like not the kind of people I ever surround myself with. Right. And, um, but we're both business owners and like have this thing in common. Right. And then I kept going to these meetings and it was like so many things were getting said, but I was like, yeah, I'm totally there with you. And then so many things that were, get, were getting said where I was like, no, like, you know, one big thing was like, um, like a perspective of abortion and like just, you know, how this um, conservative pro-life thing can come across a lot of times is really pretty hateful and judgmental and, and all of this stuff. And um, that's not really something that I want to get into. And I really don't think it's my business at all what anybody does in that department. So, um, and I also see that there's some, like there's this um, black pastor there who he, his big thing is like anti-abortion. He has this book he wrote and it's like 14 million black babies are killed a year and da, 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 da. And I get that what he's saying is true and real. And um, I get that Planned Parenthood began and began and still is a eugenics project. And it's like there to like eliminate the black race. And like, that's the foundation of Planned Parenthood. I get that, all of that stuff. And also like, I'm not, it's like, I don't have a dog in that fight. Like that's not my, that's not my area that I'm interested in. So there was like all these things where I was like, yeah, I can relate. And yeah, I can't relate. And what, I, and, and a big thing was like, I'm sitting here with these people who are the same exact people who I was rebelling against when I was a kid. Cause I grew up around all those people, this conservative Christian small town in Oklahoma and um, all that comes with that. And these people were very much like that. And I was like, well, isn't this interesting that I rebelled against these people? And so that's when I became like a liberal, became whatever, and um, on my way to becoming radicalized. And like, um, now here I am sitting here talking to these people and having great conversations and enjoying their company and all of this stuff. And so that was one big thing where I was like, okay, so it's, people are just hopping fences, right? Like, and, and what I started to see too, is there were, there's a lot of people like me who were like, man, I can't believe I kind of want to go to this Trump rally, you know, like I never would. And then she, and then they, like, I remember this guy we bought a car from, he was like, yeah. And then I went to the Trump rally and there's all these people being like, yeah, fucking kill them all. And he's like, whoa, no, that's not what I want to be. That's not what I'm trying to talk about. You know, like, and it's, so it's like, there was just like, there was more people like me intermixed with that where, so there was more people kind of like, okay, well, I can't be over here anymore. So I'm going to come over here, but ooh, I don't know if I want to be over here. So then that like forces you into the middle path, right? Then you have to become autonomous. So that was like one huge thing that happened and over several things. And then another one is I actually, we had get this uh, newspaper called Farm and Dairy that somebody bought for us. It's like 
a really worthless newspaper, but there's, <laughs> there's like this really great pastor who writes in there and he writes this thing in the back. And it's like, every time he writes something, I'm like, yeah, I can get down with this. Like, it's a nice little write up that he does. And one of the things he said, which is something that I've been saying to my partner is he said, somebody asked him why he doesn't put political signs in his yard. And he said, because it doesn't matter if I'm for this person or that person, if I put a political sign in my yard, I've closed the door on somebody. Mm -hmm. And like, that's what I tell my partner all the time. You know, he's like, I'm going to put this flag up. I'm, gonna, I'm like, we're not putting flags in our yard. We're not putting political signs up because either way, like if I, if I were to put, if we were to put a Trump sign in our yard, people are going to assume a certain thing that they assume about Trump supporters, right? And that's not me. Like, I'm not like those people, but I also am kind of like those people because I'm like, I want freedom. Like, I want to be able to make my own healthcare choices. Like, I want to be able to live my life and not have somebody else tell me how I should live it, right? And like, yeah, so like I could get pegged in that. If I put like a Biden sign up, people are like, oh, they're a Democrat, da, 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 da. Like there's this other way that they're living. And that's not true. Like I'm not either of those things. So it's like you, you peg yourself into this hole of being one or the other if you participate in any of that. And so like when I read that, that pastor, he's like, it closes the door on somebody. I was like, yeah, exactly. That's my whole thing. Like if I if I get down with either of these people, I'm taking a side and I'm closing the door on somebody else. And that's just not what I've ever been trying to do. Like, I can't say that I'm about love and then just like shut people out because they're different from me or whatever. And um, that can apply to so many things in our culture right now of how we're all just like, oh, you're in that category, not even going to have this conversation. Oh, you're in that category, not even going to look at your face. Like, you know, and... Um, I think it's easy for people to, to assume that I'm talking about like conservative people do that, but really the worst people that I've met that do this are people who proclaim to be liberal people. They're like, we want freedom for everybody, but if you don't agree with the way that we want freedom, then you aren't invited. Like, we're not going to talk to you. And it's like, okay, like that doesn't make any sense. There's so many contradictions and I just don't, I mean, you look like a fucking idiot whenever you do that. And I'm no, I do not like looking stupid. So I'm not going to participate in that for that reason. But also like, that's just not what I'm here for. I'm not here for that. Like I'm here to like enjoy my life. And like you were saying earlier, I had that same thing as a kid. Like I just want to live. Like whenever I graduated high school, they like ask us to write this blurb for the newspaper of what we wanted to do. I was like, I don't even care. So I just made up some bullshit thing about how I wanted to be an attorney and like do all this stuff. I had never thought about being an attorney. I don't care. I would never do that. Like, I just don't, I, I just wanted to always live my life. I just want, always wanted to live my life. And that's still what I want to do. I just want to live my life. And ordinary is fine because I've had plenty of drama in my life and I just don't need it. <laughs> I'm totally okay with ordinary. And every extraordinary person I've ever met, every medicine person I've ever met is totally ordinary it's like you see like these ayahuasca shaman wearing like a nike swoosh t-shirt and a hat backwards and people are like that's not a shaman because they don't have feathers and they turn out to be like the most powerful person you've ever met in your life and it's like yeah ordinary totally okay with it <laughs> at this point we need a little more ordinary <laughs> hmm. the um you know the there's the quote from well, I'll probably get it wrong because I don't think I've ever actually read the Bible, but I know what I remember is at some point Jesus said, I, th I think there was somebody who was going to be stoned and he came out and said, he who is without sin cast the first stone. Yeah. And that has, that has come up to me a lot lately. Um, 
because I, what I, what I've realized, you know, it's okay. Let's see if I can get organized here. Part of this transition out of my old living situation into my new living situation was this like almost immediate awareness that, you know, when you're in the darkness, you think that you're like holding the torch by yourself. You think, you think the darkness is it. You think that's real. And then as soon as you're out of it, it's like, oh, you can see again, right? So you can see that that wasn't real and that wasn't all there was. Um, but you don't know what you don't know until you know it. You don't see what you can't see until you can see it. And um, so this transition for me was like, was a big shift in that of um, seeing seeing the obvious, but it was not obvious before. And part of that uh, shift, it's been, hap I mean, it's been happening, it's been in the works for the last year. And I mean, it, a lot for the last six months, but this shift of like, that feeling of here are people who have sort of this fixed idea about things. And then here are all these other people who have this fixed idea about things. And obviously there's shades of gray, there's nuances, there's not everybody's like on the exact same list of like, I believe this, that, and the other, but sort of a generally, you know, this way of thinking over here and this way of thinking over here and um, feeling how, like, I know I'm not this one over here, but that one over there, like you're saying, like, doesn't, like, I'm more aligned with it, but it also kind of doesn't feel that great. And I'm hanging out with people who have this perspective and, do I have that perspective? I don't know. If I have that perspective, it feels really judgy. And do I want to be judging? I don't want to be judging. I'm having a hard enough time stopping myself from judging without like having even more fixed ideas about all these other things. Right. And then, and then encountering, you know, different people along the way who operate in um, a sort of, well, you know, operate in, in the material world, operate with an analytical um, mode, I guess. And what I realized is that like, I, I like some of these people. They're nice people. They have good hearts. They're caring. They're friendly. Like we can become friends. And there's this sort of like cap on my comfort level being vulnerable or being fully associated with them or, um, you know, like, I may never get super close to some people because like nobody wants to be judged and it's not that they would be judging me, but it's like that thought that if you are, if you're making a judgmental statement about X, Y, or Z, then we're operating in a polarity judgment world where is there space for somebody like me who feels like I've done a ton of terrible things, who feels like a terrible person so much of the time, I don't want to be judged. I just want to be able to like let go of all that and be like my true loving, wonderful, open-hearted, caring, compassionate, respectful self. Um, and realizing actually this is, <laughs> this is a massive mega moment right now <laughs> because I've been so black and white and like my mentor who I've been working with for a year and a half now, and she's not the first person to call me out on this, like black and white thinking has been a real struggle for me for a long, long time. And that I have not released it completely, but just realizing that like, 
it actually feels way better to be in the middle and to not have my fixed ideas about things. Like what you're saying, you're so ready to be done with your mind. Like I have been in that place for so long. I'm so ready. I'm so over this, like get out of here already. You know, like I want my brain to just kick it and go. And I want to just be able to be my heart self. And I realize like, it doesn't work like that. And we're all, you know, it's all one, but, um, where that, that mind need to, um, label things to understand things and create walls and stuff like you know like there's there there's this place here that has been super masky and you know people have taken real beef with this place because of how they've dealt with everything and when i moved here i was like i'm just not gonna go it feels uncomfortable i don't want to go there and i'm not gonna wear a mask and the whole thing um and it's really been like a hot topic among people about this particular location um and like i don't know like i could i some part of me still has associative beef with this place like just because all of my friends do and you know just because of how it was but um there's also this part of me that's like whatever we can go in on thursday without masks maybe we should just like get over it already and move on you know um because we're only going to like the the, the future is only going to be created anew if we let go of the past otherwise you're just going to keep experiencing it so it's like okay whatever like maybe they made a choice that wasn't the best choice but if i hold that against them for the rest of their existence and the rest of my life then where are we? We're just right here and we're never going anywhere. Um, and it's the same thing with me. Like, how can I move forward if I don't let go of my past? And how can I, like, I, I, well, I don't know. So I had, I, I had a relationship with somebody a while ago and something happened and, and I like, I really struggled to get past it. And his comment to me was like, okay, it happened. We're like two months in, you know, could, and I didn't know. Now I know, could I, could like, could we use this as like, okay, now we can start from here. And now I know, and we can go forward and like, let go of that. And I, I just really struggled, struggled mega with that I'm saying mega a lot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's come back to me in the last month of realizing like what that request is. And ultimately that request is like the crux of, of unconditional love, of a peaceful, loving life, of a presence, presence of a harmonious existence. It's like, can you let the past be what it is and allow me to be who I am in this moment right now and create myself anew every moment going forward? Or are you going to hold me to who I was and never let me grow into who I could be? You know? And yeah. I mean, the, yeah. Well, that's, I was gonna say, that's the exact reason I cannot live in small towns. <laughs> like, oh. I mean, I, obviously I do live in a small town, but like I'm not associated, but the town I grew up in, it was the same way. Like I couldn't wait to get out of there because 
I was, uh, you know, like when I was in my mid twenties and I would come across somebody that I went to high school with. And in my situation, it was like, we went to school together our entire lives, like the same 100 kids, my whole entire life. And so, you know, they knew like everything about me that happened publicly and privately because it was a small town. But, um, and I like, I would see people when I was like 25, 26 and they would still call me by this nickname Oberdrunk because my last name was Obermiller and I went to school like drunk when I like my senior year, like all the time. We would just like get drunk before school and go to school or whatever because it was miserable. And I was like, that's not who I am at all. But I could, ne- you could never live that down in like a small town. Like you're the same person. Mm-hmm. And the only way you can change is to detach yourself completely yeah. from that. Well, and that's like the, that's the torch in the darkness again, because I mean, that's really actually the kind of situation I was thinking about because that's what I lived. Like I lived in a situation for so long. I kept, I kept just living out my past feeling like I had to live in this place and, you know, live this kind of life and, and feeling like I'm the only one holding the torch here when, um, when the reality is that like maybe the circumstance isn't supportive of your light and you just need to switch lanes, get out of the small town. And, and I know, you know, people can look at that kind of thing. It's like, oh, you're running away. And I think I did for a really long time. I felt like I was running away and like I had to just be in this darkness and work through it and, and be like somehow make peace with like living the kind of life that I really didn't want to be living um, because that's what I was supposed to be doing for some reason. Um, when the reality is like, if you know that you have this self inside of you and it's not being reflected back to you, but you're determined to find that self and to let that self be its fullest expression, then relocating or, or, you know, creating new, a new environment for yourself in whatever way that is, um, is like, makes the most sense because then you can see yourself reflected back to yourself and then you can continue to grow into it without the resistance and the struggle. Um, And there's no, like, there's like this whole thing of that you can't run away is complete bullshit. I've heard that a ton in my life and it's like, absolutely, I can run away. I can run the complete opposite way from you if you are the problem, you know, like, but the thing is, is like, we know this, you cannot run away from yourself, right? Wherever you go, there you are. So you're not really running away from the real issues that you need to deal with because they go with you everywhere. But we don't need to deal with other people's issues. I don't need to deal with other people's judgments. You don't need to deal with other people's crap. Like I got me to deal with and that's plenty (laughs) to deal with. Like I just, I'm gonna run. And I get into this with my mom all the time because she's just like, oh yeah, run away. I'm like, yes, yes. I used to feel guilty about that, but I will run as fast and far away from you as I can because- it's unhealthy and I'm not willing to put myself in an unhealthy situation and I can deal with myself on my own, you know? So I don't think there's anything wrong with running fast away. (laughs) And on that note, we are been on here for about an hour and a half or so. Really? Yeah. And the anchor does not like to let me upload something more than an hour and a half long. So I think we should end it and we've come full circle. We've talked a lot about the torch in the darkness, which I think is the theme of this show. And for anyone listening, if you would like to connect with us, there is a link in our description of how you can leave us a message. And we would love to hear your voice and hear what you have to add to this conversation between women. So until next time.